Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. So you're an empath. Now what? That's what we're talking about today. Perhaps you've been sticking around Know Your Aura podcast for a while, and you know how we talk about empaths over here. Understanding the spiritual implications of being an empath is the foundation of a lot of what I do in your aura and your energy. And I talk about it in a very specific and different way than what you may be used to hearing because empath is a word that has been a little bit oversaturated in the world out there. So a little catch up if you're new, you're going to want to go listen to the empath starter pack. That's episode 110. It's very straightforward and that'll help you get ready for today because today it's really, okay, I get it. I feel other people's feelings as my own. I absorb other people's energies. It's almost impossible for me to discern other people's wants, needs, thoughts, feelings, judgments from my own. I don't know how to make my own choices. I understand this is who I am, but like now what? I'm going to talk about very specific ways that this affects you and how it's time to recalibrate how you're thinking about how you authentically are so you can make choices that serve you. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey guys, and you forgot to add that we do have a empath quiz yes. on knowyouraura.com. I actually just took it yeah. before we started taping today, and I got the highest you can get. I'm I got sure. super duper duper empath. Whoa. That must mean I'm really empathic. You are extra empathic. I'm extra empathic these days. But actually, before we get into you know, so you're an empath, now what? I did want to talk about people with logic colors. So if you're new here, uh, everybody has about, you. most people have two aura colors. You're either going to be a double empath, which means you're going to be two of the empath colors. So it's like turquoise, blue, indigo, purple, or you're going to have one logic color and one empath color. So like yellow, blue, red, purple, something like that. So if you're a double empath, a lot of these things affect you because you don't really have a natural energetic boundary. But if you have a logic color connected to your empath color, which maybe some of you, or it may be some people that you live with. And I live with somebody with that because you have a red blue aura. Correct. I wanted to just talk a little bit about how that affects you as an empath when you have a logic color that, that you kind of lead with and lean on before the empath color kicks in. Okay. And I have a question for you. Question for you. Yeah. Just so people know. Typically, and I, I don't know if you could put a percentage on this for mm-hmm. us or not. Do, do, are most people a logic and an empath color? So like a red, blue, green, blue. Would that be the highest percentage if we're, if, again, we're throwing out the tricolors for now? Yeah. Or, Sorry, tricolors. <laughs> we're throw, yeah, we're throwing <laughs> you out. They're used to it. They're like, yeah, we yeah. know. <laughs> or would you see like, because I don't often hear you say blue indigo or, yeah. I mean, purple, blue, I hear purple you a lot. A That's lot. a lot. Purple indigo. Um, Turquoise yeah. purple. Yeah. So would you yeah. say it's about... 50 50 that's you're a great be... question i mean it's just based on what i see it, it, so that's hard okay. because i feel like i feel like in the mmsf yeah in our in our spiritual family it's most it's a lot of double empaths okay. and but also i do a lot of yellows mm-hmm. with an empath color and and i just want to add here pink pink is an empath color like why is a vowel 
I just want to say that. Like, if okay. you're... Wait, say that one, one more pink time. Pink is an empath color. Like, like why is, is a vowel. vowel. Okay. 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 Yeah. And so, so if, you, if you're pink, yellow, pink's your empath color. Okay. Um, so my point is, I see a lot of yellows because yellows are definitely very curious. Yellows love self-improvement. Yellows will throw themselves into empathic things to learn and whatnot. And, and not, we have some greens. Greens are coming. Right. Not a ton of reds. No. But um, in our group, I would say there's okay. mostly the double empaths okay. and then a lot of yellows. Okay. So for the, for the Mystic Candle Spiritual Family, the Facebook group, the people that listen to podcasts, we're, we're leaning more towards more double empaths. Yeah. But if you go out there in the real world, maybe. <laughs> the real world? <laughs> yeah. Not, not our jovial cult. Yeah. Then you're maybe going a little bit more towards one logic, one Yeah. I would say most people. And also society. Like really does program you to be a logic color no matter what. Right. So a lot of people wear inauthentic aura colors. You know, I'm purple indigo, but for a lot of my life I was wearing inauthentic yellow. Right. So uh, the society and the way that it it dictates you move through it, you're going to get a logic color even if it's inauthentic. And, and if it's not inauthentic, you might lean on it heavier before your spiritual awakening. But I wanted to bring it up okay. because if you have a logic color with your empath color or, you, or if you live with somebody like that, okay, they're, they're red-blue or they're green-blue or whatever, you, there, here's the thing with the logic colors. A lot of people who I talk to, I'll, tell, I'll say all this empath stuff that we're going to talk about today. And if they're green-blue, for example, they're like, I don't relate to that. I don't, I don't really, because they really more lean on their green, on the logic part of them. And I want to tell them this. <laughs> you actually, if you don't see how you actually are this way, what happens is, is it'll, it'll bamboozle you. And people will use that as your Achilles heel to manipulate you and get in and make you think it's your idea and make you think like this is actually a rule or something. So with the logic colors and people who lean with the logic colors, so it's green, yellow, and red, what happens is, is you do have a natural ability to know your own mind and make choices, even if they don't please everybody, and and be okay and stand in your truth uh, a little easier than other like double empath colors right. can. The problem is, is if you're not paying attention to your empath side, that can get manipulated, and you can actually start to think that choices that you're making are logical and your own because you can create logic in your mind a little easy and you think it's your own choice when it's actually you're not like you can trick yourself is what i'm saying okay so let's let, all right so let's talk about you yeah let, let's put yeah okay uh, i mean i kind of understand what you're saying yeah, here i'm a little shaky on it all right. all right so let's use me i'm red blue yeah give it to me all right. so you being red blue in the past saying blue things I'm vulnerable. I'm sensitive. Things bother me. Right. Um, I want other people to feel good. Uh, when I see somebody upset, it makes me sad too. Sometimes I feel out of control or helpless or, or I feel like I can't help people and then I get like, lo- like lonely or, or sensitive. That's not something you l- would ever admit. I feel no, like that's something I, that would, you wouldn't relate. You'd be like, I don't relate to that. No, you I don't shut relate it down. to that. Like if I'm going a real blue moment, I think we've said this on the past uh, podcast in the past, it would be, I'm going to roasties, which is like right. kind of like the, woe is me. You go victim I go something. victim. Yeah. yeah, a little more victim. I wouldn't say those things that you just said. You wouldn't. You would kind of cr- put your red towards it and then it would get like angry or right. kind of you know, like it's your fault, like projection, Correct. that kind of thing. Instead of being, hey, my feelings got hurt 
And I'm sitting in that emotion right now, you know? Yeah, like, I don't think I've ever, I mean, maybe once I've said that. And a lot life. of that has to do with your with gender. A lot of times men in our society are programmed to compartmentalize their empathy okay. and, and and move over. But it doesn't mean it's going, it went anywhere. It just means that it's there and it's wild and it's underdeveloped. So what happens is, is it can get you in weird ways and, and cause insecurity or cause you to project or, or create narratives that aren't true that support the compartmentalized empathy and empath color, but make it seem like it's my choice or my decision when it wasn't. My point is awareness of your empath color and just seeing how it works in you can allow you to really lock it in. And, and I'll say this about people with a logic color plus an empath color. It takes them a little longer to understand how this empath thing works, but once it does, it's a heck of a lot easier for them to implement into their lives. They can lock and load it and they're actually so powerful. So if you have a yellow, red, uh, green aura, uh, just hear, try to hear this open-minded today. Think about times in your life when you did feel more vulnerable and you maybe catapulted over that part to the logic instead of sitting in the vulnerability for a longer time. And think about how once you understand that and seeing where it could kick you or trap you or manipulate you, now you can, you can lock and load it and you can be like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to let anybody do this to me again. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, that make that does make sense. So for you, yeah. So if I, yeah, you know that now that I know all about all this empath stuff, and yeah. I've been on my spiritual journey and my awakening and all that stuff. Yes, I feel a little bit more blue than I used to. Yes, but that's going to happen. Have people then, I guess, manipulate? Have they been manipulating me in that way? Well, I, I think I, they have actually. Manipulation or for you yeah. might be just the ability to feel other people's feelings. And, and sit in it and understand it. And you might call that manipulation, you know, but it's not really manipulation. It's more kind of, you feel, I guess that's the wrong word. I've been using it too, but it's kind of like a tugging at you. Right. See, like all my life, all I ever feel as a purple indigo is people's, everybody else's stuff and what they want and see, need. See, I, see, that's the thing here. I wish I could like jump into you for a oh second. Oh my God. You know how you always say you want to jump into me for a second. Yeah. I want to like jump into you for a second. So then I would understand what that feels like. Cause I don't know that I know that what that feels like to like feel being exactly what someone else is feeling. I, I feel, I can feel upset for somebody or, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about this before. Yeah. I see something on TV and it bothers me and get angry about it. But I don't know that I've ever felt exactly what you're feeling. So I want to kind of understand what you're talking. Like, I can, like I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I just haven't known that I felt that before. I, you, you know what I mean? Literally it, can feel. Yeah. How other I'll give you an example. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's, it's yeah. fascinating to me because I don't know that I could do that. I can, and a lot and a lot of people listening can too, but yeah. they don't realize that's not normal, or they not that it's not normal. They don't realize that it's something that is normal to them, but perhaps needs to be awareness needs to be brought to it right. so you can discern yourself from somebody else. That's what the empath starter pack is about, really. Yeah. But you know that nuance. But stepping into me would be you can't win. I will feel. Either I'm disappointing someone else or I'm disappointing myself. And over with every choice I make, every single flipping choice I make, I'm either disappointing somebody else or myself. Because anytime I come up on a decision in life, I feel how everyone's perceptions or reactions will be. And I have a choice. I either go and appease the, the greater good somehow, or I appease myself. Either way, you're losing 
you know, so mm-hmm. when, but I've learned in my spiritual journey that it's best to make choices for your own life purpose. And even though I live with the disappointment of others in my life, it's something that I've had to understand, like, that's an okay thing to live with. I, I even though I feel it all the time and it tortures me, it's something that is also, I've learned to deal with and, and recognize as the better hurt, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I guess, and I guess I don't, I've never felt that. I don't think I've ever felt that way. Being this way means you're constantly making choices that you're going to feel the repercussions of either of yourself or other people. And, and that's why a lot of double empaths don't talk about their feelings. Yeah. So, so I guess this is the age old question. Is this like a gift or is it a curse? Both. Okay. Both. If you understand what it's for, you see the beauty of it, you know, the ability to connect. And, and, and that's what we're trying to do here. Like okay. put it in the right spots. But for you. So yeah. And let me ask you, going yeah. back, of course, bring it back to myself. <laughs> right. No, I do have the empath color. I have the blue, but I lead with my red. Do I, would I have this ability? Could I train myself or are there activities I could do? Is there something I could do that would make me have that feeling that you have? Well, this is the gift of having a logic color with your empath color. You do have that ability. And what happens is you come to, you come to peace with what you get more easily. So you do feel what other people feel and you do feel what other people want and need from you. But then you have the ability to be like, actually, I know that's what you want, but I'm going to shut it down because I've made my choice and this is what I'm doing. And then you are better at peace because you have a lot, you have that logic color. You're better at peace with people being disappointed with you. You're like, oh, okay. Well, I'm see. It's easier for you to stand in your truth and feel that you're right and shut down the disappointment that you're picking up from other people. Like, you know, when someone doesn't like you. Right. Like, you know what, sure. you, you are on an HOA board. Like, you know exactly why people don't like oh, you. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I know that, yeah. But, so that's and I, don't, good... I don't care. Exactly. I couldn't do it because I just, it's like being in a room that smells all the time. I couldn't turn off the smell. Yeah. Like, I couldn't turn off the feelings. You can. You felt it. You understand it. You've connected to it. And then you made a choice to step away from it and put it away. That's your logic color coming in. Okay. And th- this is not something like I actually think about it just happens yeah you know i mean i'm not like going through my day saying you know all right this person doesn't like me i don't really care blah 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 it's just something i think you have more awareness than you used to maybe a little you articulate it more than you ever did true because you'll be like i know this person is upset because they feel that what i said means this and perhaps something's going on in their own life and i'm picking that up on them but i do say that you say that all the time yeah but and and, you know and i know this isn't personal because i know that what this said triggered them and them like i know you you, so you're 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 feeling and everything but then you go over to your logic but according to you know my you know this or what you know this whatever then i'm i can stand in this decision and i can put that to rest i can't can't. do that so i always feel it and it affects me and it tugs at me that's that's that you have a door and i don't people with a logic color have a door that people without a logic color do not have okay and okay so okay excellent all right so i'm gonna okay so earlier you said yes you wore yellow a lot Mm -hmm. now when you wore the yellow or someone else is wearing a color and let's say they're a double empath so let's say someone purple blue and they wear yellow or they wear green. Color, right? You're wearing an inauthentic green, yellow, right. red. Okay. Do they do that because of this? Yes. Okay. It's the only way to shut it down. Right. But if you're wearing an inauthentic color, it doesn't really work. You just get anxious, okay. numb, disconnected, and then your empath colors bite you. So, so when you were wearing that inauthentic yellow. Yeah, my purple bombs were ridiculous. Ah. 
Okay. You know, that's back when I was like crazier. You know what I mean? Like I would make like really stupid choices yeah, yeah. And, and say stupid things and just like make life choices more, that were more destructive. More, what we call Maggie steaks. Maggie steaks. Like, more of those, but yeah. like bad ones, not just like typos. Like right, things right. that were like purple bombs. <laughs> right. I still make those, but not bad ones. And yeah. then my blue would like create narratives of victimization or, or things like that. So yeah. because when you were an inauthentic color, you do it to survive. Like I had to get through school. I was working at a job that didn't suit me. I had to shut down my gift in order to teach and, and stuff and whatnot. So I had to do stuff to get through life. And I was wearing an inauthentic color. It, it helped me survive, but it did not help me grow or evolve. It kept me stuck. Okay. So that's different. But that's why people do wear inauthentic colors. It's a survival. Some people yeah. are going through something in their own life and they have to wear an inauthentic color. Like somebody's dying or they have to take care of a health crisis or they're in grad school or something and right. you just have to get through it, you know, like, and that's okay. All right. Am I fine? Okay. One more thing before we, we yeah. break. So the, the MMSF is that right? yes. <laughs> knows this very well, yes. right? The purple blues. But we're hoping that maybe possibly some reds, yellows, and greens that don't listen to this yes. podcast that often might want to listen to this episode to help them. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that we can just say it without the colors? Because, you know, we're putting yeah. colors to these things. Is there just a way that, you know, forget the colors for yeah. a second. You know, the type of person. Is there a way that we can just kind of get them on board, have them listen to this, and say, you know, don't worry about red if you're red, yeah, green, blue. that's a good idea. Yeah. So I would just say logical and emotional. Okay. Some people are more, sometimes they say right brain, left brain. Sometimes people say that. Yeah. Like some people are just more logical. Right. And some people are just more emotional. Okay. So let's so just So if you're that. a more logical person and you're like, I don't really identify with all the sensitive, sensitivity nonsense, tough it up, you know, thick skin. Right. It doesn't work that way. Get over it. Da, 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 da. You know, you, that's kind of a closed off logical person. Um, but logical people could also just be like, I'm interested in listening to this that, you know, how, and, and how could I connect further to these other parts? You know, that's like a more open-minded lot. So logical, emotional, and some okay. people are just really emotional and they know they're emotional. All right. So if you're trying to get your red boyfriend or <laughs> husband or significant other or right. person to listen, tell them logical versus logical, lo- emotional. Versus, versus emotional. Right. Okay. Maybe that'll get them to listen. All right. Let's take a quick break and then you're going to come back and you're going to talk about, so you're an empath. Now what? Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Well, we are talking about our new sponsor, America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. Whether your resolution is to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. You can say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like delivered right to your door. We tried it this week, and what did you think, Scott? We did, and actually, I loved everything. Everything that came, I loved it. I ate it. I ate seconds. Uh, I would, if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with the spicy maple chicken. I thought that was fantastic. That was really good. It was I, real good. I, and, and the kids liked it too, and they really loved the one pan cheesy beef tortilla that melts. Was, that was amazing too. Those are so good. I like HelloFresh because if I'm doing recipes and it needs a bunch of ingredients, I don't want to send you to the grocery store for like one tablespoon of sour cream. No, yeah. and Well, that's the other thing. When you do, If you were going to make something like the spicy maple chicken, there's always that one ingredient because yeah. I do the grocery shopping that I cannot find. I know. <laughs> And I'm like sitting there for like 20 minutes, like, where's that one ingredient? But they pick, they package it up for you. It's all there and it's perfectly proportioned and it's very easy to do. And, and it's very, it's fresh. It tastes really good as well. And we have a special deal for you. Go to hellofresh.com slash KYA free and use code KYA free 
for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash KYA free with code KYA free. So you're an empath. Now what? I got this idea from an email reading I just did and the person I was reading said, basically that. She's like, I know I'm indigo and purple and I get the whole empath thing, but like now what? Like, uh, there's next steps. If you've been around a while, you've heard me talk a lot about my spiritual take on empaths. Um, if you're new, please go listen to the empath starter pack. It's episode 110. It is something that I push out every once in a while because I feel like it's really important to understand the spiritual repercussions of being an empath. The word empath, we hear it all the time. It got really saturated, really hijacked, uh, really taken over and made to be kind of a joke because of social media and just all the repetition and whatnot. But that's the only word I can use. If I could create a different vocab word for empath, I would, but I'm working with that vocab word. But I really do see it differently than how other other people talk about it and how other people see it. An empath is someone who feels people's feelings, thoughts, emotions, needs, judgments, pain, you name it, they feel it the same as their own. And the problem is, and this is this is the fundamental issue. If you don't understand that about yourself, you can get totally swept up in it like a current and it can take you to all these places that aren't about you, that are about all the other people whom uh, you are absorbing into. And that's when I talk about something called the recovering empath. So I named this this because, and that's why I talk about it in the empath starter pack, I named it this because I've noticed in working with myself, working with tons and tons of people, that there are stages an empath goes through in order to wake up, basically. And I call it the recovering empath. And the stages, I'm going to do this real quick, because again, on Empath Starter Pack, I go in much deeper to each stage. But real quick, these are the, there's eight stages. There's the unaware empath or the programmed empath. So this is before you know what you are. All right. You are born with an ability because of your empath aura to feel other people's feelings as your own. Perhaps your turquoise, blue, indigo, or and or purple. And what happens is is you pick up energy from people all the time and you don't have the boundaries that other people have. Everyone has an empath aura color. Most people, 99.9% of people have an empath aura color. Uh, sometimes you're double empaths, which means you're like purple blue. You have two empath colors. Sometimes you are like yellow blue. So, um, if you lead with the blue, this is going to affect you more than if you lead with the yellow. So my point is everyone's different on how they, how they deal with all this, but everyone can get something from it, from the, from the level that you're at. So when you're a programmed or unaware empath, you don't know this about yourself. You think then that other people's feelings, judgments, issues are your responsibility. And it's very possible that you've integrated them with your self-worth, your job, your relationships. Basically, everything in your life is about other people and doing what they need and being who they need you to be to the point where you don't even know what you want. You don't know who you are. You don't know how you feel about things, but you just get sucked into what other people need from you. In this state, 
It is the perfect time for narcissists, toxic people to come and use you because you're completely outsourcing your emotional balance. You can't feel good unless the people around you feel good. You can't feel happy unless the people around you feel happy. You're borrowing feelings and not cultivating your own, but you don't know it. You're completely unaware. So the next step is once you figure that out, you're like, whoa, you know, it's like a smack in the forehead. You're like, holy cow. Yeah, that's me. Then you can become invisible, the invisible empath. That is when you know this about yourself, but you kind of don't know what to do. So you're realizing that for a lot of your life, you're a non-entity. People really don't know who you are. They just know you as a facilitator of what they need you to be. And you can also feel like you don't know who you are. So there's a disconnect from you, your spirit, your spirituality, your sense of self, your higher self, your spirit guides. It can feel very lonely in a lot of ways. Um, And you can feel like nobody even knows you. You can feel that you don't even know you. So it's a very raw, vulnerable feeling after that. After that, I call it the angry empath. Anger... It's necessary sometimes. It's a booster. This is a necessary stage. Um, it's okay to be angry, all right? It's it's okay. It's it's something that I feel like when you go through this recovering empath journey, it boosts you it, through um, some stages. So you can say, hey, I'm sick of you telling me who to be, or I'm sick of this, or I'm sick of that. I'm sick of these relationships. I'm sick of this job. I'm angry. I'm really pissed off. And that can motivate you into moving along faster, cutting off certain situations, opportunities, people, relationships that just don't serve you anymore, that served the more programmed version of you. So you can be angry for a little bit. Then I call it the self-aware empath. This is when you're like, okay, here I am. I'm, and and, and by the way, you can move up and down this scale all the time. You, you can, you can move up it and then go back down to programmed empath. Once you see, I don't know, a relative in your life you haven't seen for a while. And all of a sudden you go back to where you started and you have to start all over again with, with that situation or in that context. But the self-aware empath at least is aware that this is what you're going through. And, and you have some sort of, I guess, recognition of how far you've come and you know, you can't go backwards. So self-aware empaths are kind of ready to work on it in a more analyzed way, but then you can also become what I call the victimized empath. This is, if you're an empath, you felt like a victim at some point. It's normal. Um, It's something we all go through. Uh, This is where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm always the person that gets this done, or I'm always the one that gives and never receives. Or you see the victim, you see the narratives that you've given yourself of victimization. You just have to be careful in this stage that you don't stay here because it can be very easy to stay in the woe is to me, poor me. Why doesn't anything happen for me? Um, why do I, why does everybody use me? Why am I an empath and I'm stuck like this? How come I can't be like other people? Why do I care so much? Why aren't people nice like I'm nice? I mean, you can you can get stuck here, so you have to be careful because this is where your ego really comes in hard. So the ego is the human part of you. It's We're in a human body and we got an ego and we love our ego because it keeps us alive, but it also keeps us alive by keeping us the same. And it thinks that when you do this spiritual 
work on yourself that you're changing too much and change for the ego means death. You know, it doesn't know it's, it's very much your, your cave person brain that it's attached to. So this is where the ego comes in and it's like, Ooh, victimization. Let's stay here. This is great. This works for us. And so it's very, it's very hard to move past the victimization stage. And the thing is, is like, you're not wrong. Like everything that you're feeling victimized about, you're probably right. It's just, we have to move forward from here. Um, but again, like I said, it's a scale. You can move back to it, even if you move forward from it and that's okay. Then it's the isolated empath. I feel like a lot of us can be here for a while. The isolated empath is you're like, okay, I get it. I, I totally get it. These are the, I attract a certain person in my life. I end up doing the same narrative over and over. I end up being the same person. Um, I'm aware of all this. So I'm just going to befriend my cat and I'm not going to deal with humans anymore. I'm going to isolate. I'm not going to have a lot of, uh, friendships that are very, that are otherwise superficial. I'm going to keep it light. I'm going to isolate myself. I'm going to meet myself and my shows and my cat and my ice cream. And, and that can be something where you're healing a lot in isolation. But again, it's a place where we do have to stretch ourselves to work on it now, which is what you do in the seventh step, which is the healing empath. This is when you're like, okay, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to formulate new connections. I'm going to receive instead of just always give. I'm going to find other other awakened and recovered empaths to be friends with. I'm going to have relationships that serve me and I'm going to help other people too, but pay it forward relationships. That's where you're really working. That's what I I see a lot of people in our discussion groups and our mystic Michaela discussion groups, um, doing this. I know who I am. I know what I, what I know what I deserve and I'm going to actively seek other people to get, get the journey and are on it with me. And then finally, the last one, the one that we're all working towards is the light working empath. This is where you say, I've learned a lot. I need to pass on this knowledge. This is where you start helping and healing other people. I often see people who go through the recovering empath journey, change jobs, change careers, and do something where they're helping other people reach their destiny and their goals. And it could be in lots of different ways. It could be in spiritual ways. It could be in therapeutic ways. It could be in business ways. I see people going into event planning or going into marketing or going into helping other people build their dreams out. So lightworking empath is where you take what you've learned and you pay it forward to the right people and the universe pays you back in some way. Because here's the deal. And I'll say this and then we'll move on to the next part. When you're a really good person like you are, and I'm talking to you, you are, you deserve good things because you are the type of person that will give good things back. So you have to say, hey, universe, I deserve good things so that I can help other people who also deserve good things. And and you can receive abundance from the universe from doing light working, meaning That's why I see a lot of people end up changing careers because they end up doing something that helps other people and they receive a a living from it. So that's where we're working towards the light working empath. But today I wanted to talk about, you know, all this about yourself. Okay. You've been here. You've been listening for a while. You listen to the empath starter pack. You're like, I get it. I feel like I've been through all these steps. Now, 
what. And we're going to talk about the nuances talk about four specific nuances of empaths where in your daily life, we got to make some changes in ways that maybe you haven't thought of before. My daughter, Abby, I mean, she's growing so fast. It's hard to keep up with her with pajamas. And our next sponsor has an amazing solution to that. Caden Lane has these rolled down ankles that are so awesome. You don't have to buy new pajamas as often. And, and their big kid sizes are made with this buttery soft bamboo material that stretches as your kids grow. This podcast is sponsored by Caden Lane. Caden Lane was started in 2005 by a single mom who wanted to create better and cuter clothes, accessories, and keepsakes for her own children and for those special moments you remember forever. I mean, you're going to want to match with your kids' pajamas from Caden Lane, which is great because they do have matching sets for, for you too. It's perfect for any family photo. And for the little babies, you got to check out their popular body styles like rash guards, little tankinis, one pieces, all the extra snaps or zippers to make sure outfit and diaper changes are just quick and easy. Caden Lane is your one-stop shop for all your newborn, infant, and toddler apparel. Head to cadenlane.com slash KYA and use code KYA for 20% off your order. Once again, that's Caden Lane, C-A-D-E-N-L-A-N-E.com backslash KYA for 20% off and make sure you use my promo code KYA so they know that I sent you. So you're an empath. Now what? First thing. First thing we have to change is understanding what I'm about to say. Listen, if you when you're an empath, it takes time to make choices. Some people, and God bless them, make a decision immediately. They're like, I like this. I like this couch. <laughs> I want this job. I'm quitting today. I want to sit over here. I want tacos for dinner. Some people can make choices so easy. I want to go to this school. I'm going to major in this. I'm going to, you know, some people can do that. Maybe that's not you. When you're an empath, it takes time to make choices. And we need to normalize this. And it takes time to make choices because when you're really an absorbing person, which isn't going to change, like you go through this whole recovering empath journey, I'm going to tell you what's not going to change your ability to feel other people's feelings as your own. That's not going to change. You're always going to feel it. And sometimes it's going to pull you into the pits that it used to pull you into. But you've when you've learned the ability to discern your thoughts, feelings, wants from other people's thoughts, feelings, and wants... It's not that you don't shut out other people's stuff. It's that you have to differentiate it and therefore it takes you longer to make a choice because there's two things that happen when a choice comes up. It's what do I want versus what do others want? So just like, where am I going to college? Okay. Maybe you've had that or we'll just use that example. Where am I going to college? Here's what you want, which you might not know. Because what happens is you're just inundated with what everybody else wants. What looks good on society? What looks good on paper? What do my friends want me to do? What does my family want me to do? What can I afford? So sometimes you need several days to just several weeks maybe even to think about something. You just have to ruminate it in your own soul and body. And you have to ask yourself if there was nobody around and money wasn't an issue or, or all these all these factors were gone, what do I want? 
what do I want? And it doesn't mean you have to do what you want. Cause I think that can stress out us empaths. Like oh, if I, if I know what I want, then I'm going to do it. And then this is, it's too overwhelming. Okay. Just say, it's okay to know what you want, even if you don't do what you want. All right. That's, you know, that's the first thing. So what do I want? And a lot of times, because you're so infiltrated with other people's stuff, you just don't know your own mind as quickly as other people do. You, you do know your own mind. It just takes you a minute to sort through everything before you can come and find your own mind about things. When you're taking in everyone else's perspectives and viewpoints all the time, you just get used to doing what they want and then borrowing their own satisfaction instead of cultivating your own. I call it borrowing joy. Um, a lot of us empaths did not learn how to make our own joy. We learned how to cultivate it in others by being who they needed us to be. And then when they were happy, we'd take joy from them. We'd harvest it from them. We'd borrow it from them. What you realize is when you go through your recovering empath journey, it feels different. It might not feel different now, but I'm telling you, the more you work on this mindfully and how you work on it is you're just always thinking, what do I think? What are they thinking? How do they feel? How do I feel? And how does it cross hairs here? You know, um, what happens is, is you, you have to learn how to feel and find your own joy and your own sadness or your own, any emotion. You have to learn what that is in you and and find it. Sometimes it's real quiet at first. I promise you it gets louder. The more you just mindfully make it in your, in, in your head, like, nope, I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to take a minute. So normalizing, taking time to make a choice, normalizing, changing your mind. I say this, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Being an empath to this degree, it's like the sense of smell. You cannot turn off your sense of smell. Would you want to turn off your sense of smell? No, you probably wouldn't. If you live next to a garbage dump, you might want to turn off your sense of smell. (laughs) All right. Um, But for the most part, nobody wants to turn off their sense of smell. But my point is, is if you're living with somebody who's smelly all the time, all right, If, if you're living next to somebody who's smelly all the time, that's them being smelly, but you might think it's you because you're living with it. Same thing with empath feelings. When you're living around people who feel a certain way, you might think the way they feel is how you feel, but it's not. But it's the same as smelling. You can't turn it off. It's really that strong. Some people don't get it. The the 3D world never talks about this. The 3D world thinks everyone has their own mindset and everybody's the same and everybody has their own ideas. They don't t- they don't take the time to teach empaths, "Hey, wait a second. You're facilitating all our emotions. You're absorbing into them. You're giving us what we want. You're making decisions based on what we want you to make a decision about. And I don't think they tell us that because they'd lose a lot of power because I would say there's a lot of empaths out there who are completely unaware. And I feel like the 3D world just loves it that way because they become a very malleable force, but we're not malleable anymore. We know our own mind. We know we have to sit with us with our choices and we know for us, it takes time to make choices. Also, us empaths are way more subject to evolving mindsets. Okay. Changing your mind is good. Let's, let me just tell you, I hope we all think differently than we did a few years ago. It's okay to have an opinion and then change it because you changed because your perspective changed. We're told in the 3d world that it's flaky or unstable or wishy-washy. Okay. They don't want you to change your mind. They want you to think one way forever and never change it. Guess what? 
that's not correct. In the 5D, we change our mindset all the time based on our experiences and our perspectives and our knowledge and our growth. So normalize. It's okay to change your mind about something. If you felt something or you made a choice a couple weeks ago and now you're thinking, hey, wait a second, that wasn't right for me, but I have to stay in it. Otherwise, I'm going to look flaky. Otherwise, I'm going to look silly. Otherwise, I'm going to look foolish. No, own it. I changed my mind and be proud of it. It's okay to change your mind. Um, okay. The next thing is number two is red flags aren't as red to you. <laughs> when you can feel others the same as your own, it's really hard to judge people. Uh, you know, us empaths, we can see the inner workings of somebody. You can see the inner them, the inner child, the broken parts of other people. Therefore, it can be really difficult to disconnect someone's actions and words and deeds from the person you know they are inside because that's who you end up connecting to. Also, a lot of times, like, you'll feel someone's intentions. They were grumpy, but they didn't mean to be grumpy. Yes, they talked to me this way, but they didn't mean to. So where other people would see behavior that you perhaps in the past or now put up with as absolutely a non-negotiable that's not happening for them, for you, what's happened is, is you can feel other people's true intentions and you can say, well, they didn't mean to, you see, they, you know, they went through this with their dad and now they're, they're just barking at me and you know, whatever. So red flags (laughs) become something that for you, uh, you don't see, or you might even be more attracted to, um, basically, empaths, especially in an unaware state or programmed state, or even, even as you move along, um, you can give passes to a lot of things other people don't, would never tolerate. As you move along in this journey, that does change. And it doesn't mean that you stop having sympathy for people or understanding where they're coming from. It's just at the same time, you won't put up with their, with their nonsense just because they're a little broken inside. You you can have a stronger ability to tolerate behavior, which other people find problematic. And because of that, no matter how intuitive or empathic you are, you could probably have people in your life that other people were like, how did you put up with that? I thought you were smarter. I thought you like, who did, you know, and all this, and you can get very ashamed of yourself for putting up with relationships and behavior from people around you in the past. It's toxic. And you can be like, oh, it must be me. It's my fault. You know, I let them in and, and I already invested all this much time in this person. So I can't not do it now. Or also you feel how fragile other people are. Usually with people with red flags are extremely fragile and, and you feel inside of them what they need from you. And so you know that if you stepped away, no one else is putting up with this, like no one, and they're going to be alone. So you can feel somehow responsible for their well-being, um, and it's harder to walk away from problematic people because of that. Overall, I would say for empaths, intentions bother you more than words or actions. So if somebody is just whatever, they were grumpy, and they said some stuff, they could say the worst stuff, but if you know their intention was just whatever, they're just having a day. Like, you know, their intention isn't cruel. It's more maybe like not self-aware or something. You can put up with it, but you can see from the outside people looking in that and being, and saying to you, oh my gosh, like, what? why are you doing this to yourself? And, and that's where you have to 
to, to take a moment and say, and say to yourself, you know, why am I doing this to myself? There has to be a point in our recovery, our empath recovery, where we say, I understand you don't mean it that way. And I know you're hurting, but you still can't do that. You're, we have to make sure people's actions and behaviors align with their, uh, intentions that we feel inside. The other thing is with, you know, red flags, aren't that red to you is, a lot of people believe the stuff they say. Like a lot of people believe their own lies and, and you can just pick up on them believing themselves and also perhaps their need to have a false reality, which brings me to like toxic people, narcissistic people, people like that. Um, and again, and I've said this, I'm not a mental health therapist. I am not a professional. I don't diagnose people. I'm just talking about it energetically today. Narcissistic people, toxic people, energy vampires. They love empaths because they know that you know what they need and they know that you can feel all their little sad spots inside. And a lot of these people need a false reality. So this is like their front, their projected image, what they need to believe other people see about them. They, they put a lot of these types of people put a lot of stock into their false words or, or their false projections of themselves and don't really work on the inside. It's like a beautiful apple on the outside, but when you cut into it, it's rotten to the core. So these people need empaths to feel their need to keep the lie going. And a lot of times we, especially when we're unaware and programmed, get sucked into supporting, being the pillars of support for their false reality. So they really do need us because I'll tell you, we're good at it. Uh, We know what you need. We know your insecurities. We know what you can hear. We know what you can't hear. We know what you can see or can't see. We know what you have to hear after something disappointing happens. Like we know how to keep your false reality going. And if you were raised to be really good like that and, and, and value someone's feelings over honesty, and that was your way to feel love or self-worth, man, you're real good at it. And you will seek out what you're good at. So you will seek out relationships where red flags aren't that red. You will seek out relationships where red flags mean love, where red flags actually mean relationships, because you know you can you can keep relationships going with people that have red flags. And I hope that makes sense. Um, so I feel like the way to kind of move through this is you have to define what you want from yourself, what you want from the universe. When you put yourself in a situation where you're being spoken to a certain way, treated a certain way, where it's all about them and not you, you know, foundationally, you are telling the universe that is exactly how you want your entire life to look. So the the thing is, is as you move through this process of recovering empath, it gets harder and harder and harder to tolerate false realities from people. It gets, and that's a good thing. And people will break off from you. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I think defining, okay, this is how I want the universe to see me. These are the situations I want to put myself in. And this is, this is the mindset I want to carry of honesty and consistency and people's actions align with their intentions. You're going to get a whole different type of person in your life. And then red flags start being a little more red to you. You still have the sympathy, but I don't want anybody to feel ashamed that they, that they got bamboozled by someone in the past because that's such an empath thing to be. And if you look at it, you follow it back, you're like, oh, through the empath lens, I understand why that happened to me. 
Okay. When we come back, we're going to talk about a few more things that we have to do now that we know that we're empaths. I'm so excited to share our new sponsor, an amazing skincare brand, Oak Essentials. Oak Essentials line is full of luxurious products that really work, especially if you're trying to achieve that natural, no makeup look, which ever since trying their moisture-rich balm, it is going to be very hard to make me put on makeup again. It is that good. It was founded in 2021 by the team behind Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. Their moisture-rich balm, which I'm currently very obsessed with, is a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. For daytime use, just a little bit goes a long way. And then you can apply more generously in the evening to lock in moisture for your beauty sleep. So I'm calling it 2024 is the year of natural head-to-toe glow. My followers will get 15% off their first order when they use code KYA at checkout. That's 15% percent off your first order oak essentials that's o a k e s s e n t i a l s dot com promo code k y a go ahead and treat yourself from luxurious skincare to meaningful self care you deserve it okay third thing that you have to understand now that you're an empath you can't do the volume other people can do that just means that your output, your productive output isn't, isn't possibly the same as other people. So when you do things over and over and over again, and you put so much of your energy into it, you can get drained a lot easier. So what I notice with empath or as people that lead this way, they put all their energy into what they do. So let's say you're a therapist, like every single client, you're not, you're invested. Like that is a hundred percent, 150% of your energy. Let's say you're a mom or you're a dad and you lead with this, you know, it's same thing. It's like, you have to be 150%. One thing that other people might breeze through for you, it requires not just a physical presence to do it. It requires a mental and spiritual and emotional commitment. And that is energy. And energy isn't just the way our bodies move. Energy is how much we're thinking about something. Energy is how much we're emotionally investing in something. And when you understand that about yourself and you value those things as much as your physical exertion, you know, you talk about your spiritual exertion and your mental and emotional exertion. When you understand that, and you value it the same, you're going to see that your your output needs to possibly be moved around a little bit or re- recalibrated because the output's not the same for everyone. Um, so when you're doing a lot of volume, but you're putting 150% of yourself into everything that you do, what's going to happen is when you run out of steam, you're going to start taking from your own body. And this is when I see health problems start for empath or is a lot of autoimmune stuff, stomach stuff. Again, I'm not a health professional whatsoever, but I see you all taking from your own cup in order to give to other people. And you end up being really drained and, and your health will be the thing you end up taking from. And, and you can't do that. Your health has to be some sort of stopping point. The second you start, it always starts with you're getting sick more. 
that's how it always starts. I always have a cold. I'm always coughing. I always have some sort of issue. Uh, Then it's like the headaches. Then it's like the weird multi-symptomatic stuff. And then it's hormonal and, and, you know, it starts to build and you get overwhelmed and, and and then your body starts acting weird on you. You don't feel like you have any control. Another place you can take from is your own, your own family, the people who actually do value and love you. And sometimes we can give to work or give to outside sources and take away from our own family, our own loving relationships where we're being actually valued. And a lot of times, a lot of us, especially in our programmed and unaware empath state, we were taught that the, the way we're viewed is more important. The way we're viewed by strangers is sometimes more important. Um, than, than the way the people who really know us view us. So sometimes if you, if you were especially raised in a situation like that, you can take from your family situation and then get them to do the same thing as you giving them kind of the message that the projection of who we are is more important than, than our own actual health and connection and, and, and whatnot. Um, family members of empaths can actually sometimes feel very disregarded, put last, put in the same position as the empath and feel like they too must do things they don't want to do. You know, being a mom myself, it's very, you know, I, I vowed not to raise pleasers. <laughs> I really vowed, I'm like, I'm not going to raise people. I'm not going to raise people pleasers. I'm not going to do it. Um, because that's really how I was raised. And it's not, I'm not, knocking how I was raised. It's just a different time, a different generation. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that to my kids. The fallout is sometimes like, you know, not that they're impolite. It's just, you know, they're, I notice that they're, they do things differently than I do. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to celebrate that because if I'm uncomfortable that maybe they're not smiling enough or they didn't say they didn't give someone a hug or something like that's actually a good thing. Like I raised them to feel like they don't have to do that. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to understand that you don't take from your health. You don't take from the people that do value you to give to places that aren't giving it to you back. This is a hard one because a lot of us have jobs and I'm basically just described your job, you know, and, and that's how we keep the lights on. So we have to, we have to think like, what's the balance. And I'll tell you, once we start merging the 5d with the 3d, the things in the 3d change. So the more, that's why I'll see a lot of people make career changes, career tweaks, um, and it works out, it works out, but I see a lot of people moving stuff around. The problem is with when things change, it can feel really scary for a while, but I want you to know that the more you do this recovering empath journey, the more your life will start rearranging itself to fit what you now know. And that's a good thing and it will work out. But one of the things is where you're giving your energy to and there will be a need to recalibrate your output based on your energy. Also, I'll tell you, the more aware you are about how empathic you are, the the harder it is to do what you used to do. You once you know something, you can't not know it. You can't unring that bell. And if you're listening, you can't unring any sort of bell that you just heard ring because your life is going to change now. It's a good thing. It's a scary thing, but it's a good thing. Um, but the thing with your energy is it takes a hundred percent of your energy to do things other people perhaps can do with less energy. I mean, and some people really can compartmentalize. It's very possible. You cannot, you can't compartmentalize stuff. When you come home, you're still thinking about work. Like some people don't do it, but a lot of people do. And so, um, just understanding that 
just because you can't do it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. We can't change who we are. We got to work with who we are, you know, and, and something's got to give. You just cannot do it all. Um, and you can't start something without rearranging and withdrawing somewhere else. So if you're adding something to the mix, you're going to have to take something off. You can't just keep adding. You have to always rebalance your life based on what energy you have and always putting your energy first. And even if it's not something you can do today, it's something you can at least notice and think about. And I'm telling you, the more you notice, the more you think about it in little tiny ways, it will begin to shift and it will work out for the best. All right. Fourth one, last one. Your circle, you know, you're an empath, right? So now what? Going back to the title here, because here's the deal. You might start noticing something. You might start noticing that your circle of people, friends, family members, coworkers, whatever, are filled with people that always are needing something from you. I'll tell you, when you start this journey of the recovering empath, all of a sudden you're like, oh, you feel the need. It feels like the claws just dragging down your soul. And it's fine if it's people who you know you're paying it forward to, that's different. But when it's people that just need for the needing sake, like they need, but they never get better. They need, but they're like a pit of just a bottomless pit and all your energy goes into that. You feel the emptiness of giving to people that aren't paying it forward, that aren't getting better. Some people just want to be fixed. They never want to get better. And you will start noticing the difference between people that want to get better or people that want to grow and and evolve and change with you versus the people that just need to be needy and and they never give anything back and they're not going to give to other people either. So, you know, chances are you are very used to being the one who does things for people, not the one who receives anything. And good relationships, and and it's really weird at first when you start these types of relationships, and they can even feel very uncomfortable, but good relationships have opportunities for both giving and receiving between parties. But again, these, you know, especially unaware empaths, or even if you're moving along the journey, this part can be extremely uncomfortable and awkward because you're used to receiving, not, not, you're, I'm sorry, you're used to giving, not getting. So it can be very awkward. Because you're, you know, you can feel like you owe someone your firstborn if they buy you a cup of coffee or something. You know, if somebody sets a cup of coffee on your, on your office desk, you could be like, oh no, oh no, I got to do something for them now. I don't know what to do instead of, oh my God, thank you. Wow. I appreciate this. You have to learn how to receive and say thank you. And know that somebody wanted to do something for you. And let, leaving room to let somebody do for you is opening up friendships where you're, you're, you're getting to know other awakened, uh, other recovered empaths like yourself. So, yeah, it can, it can really shut down a relationship when you feel awkward about receiving. It can shut down the wrong, it can shut down the right types of relationships, actually, and just keep you open to the more narcissistic, toxic people instead. Because the universe gets the message. If you're not saying thank you when you receive something, if you're not sitting in gratitude and be like, oh my God, that's so nice. And and also working on, because you're not going to solve it, but working on or the whole, oh my God, what do I do for you now? Or the awkward or the cringe feeling when you get something. You know, you work on it. Um, You can laugh at yourself. If, If 
if you're not doing that and you just shut it down because you're, oh, I feel awkward. I don't like this. Ew, heebie-jeebies. I only like to give. I don't like to get. Then the universe is like, oh, I, I hear you. And they just keep sending you the, you know, the wrong types of people. So, yeah, you got to get used to receiving. Um, you can really find it hard to connect with other empaths. It is so true. It is really true. When you start being friends with somebody who's actually similar to you, (laughs) all of a sudden you can go down some sort of spiral. I just had, um, this is funny. I recently, I got my, okay. My friend said, oh, it's my birthday coming up next month. I really want to go to this wonderful you know, with our husbands, this wonderful place in Miami. Now I live in, um, a suburb outside Miami, but like my going into Miami and I have two kids going into Miami is like going, it's a huge city. So it's really hard to, and it was in Miami, you know? And, um, at first I'm like, yeah, my purple is like, yeah, totally. Let's go. But then I was like, Oh, wait a second. You know, we don't like to leave the kids. Uh, cause I have nobody to watch them and my oldest is older, but still, you know, we don't like to leave them to go into such a complicated, into the city. All right. So that's just my own, our own comfort zone as parents. So then I was like, Oh, so I wrote her, I'm like, listen, I'm like, I really want you to go to the restaurant with the other people totally. Cause there were other people invited. I'm like, go have a great time. And I told her the truth. I'm like, I just don't feel comfortable leaving the kids to go into Miami, you know, like that. She was so nice. So nice. She's like, Oh yes, I totally get it. Okay. And I'm like, Oh, let's celebrate another time. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I felt really bad. Okay. But then she writes back like 20 minutes later. Oh, we all decided to go and it's somewhere close to us. <laughs> now she's an indigo. I'm an indigo. All right. That was really uncomfortable for me. Cause in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, they all changed because of what I said, you know? Oh my God. And I resisted the urge to, to go down the spiral of, I feel like you changed because of I feel really bad. And then she would have gone, no, don't feel bad. Da, da, da. I just let it be. And now we're going to somewhere closer. But I was like just really nice of her. So even though it was cringy and awkward, I received, and it's her birthday, you know, so all that. I know you guys feel me. And, um, but I was like, you know what? Okay. All right. I'm going to receive her kindness. That's what she wants to do. I'm not going to argue, do the indigo argument with her. So that's what I mean. Like old me would have been just, I, you know, I, I would have said something else or I would have like, just let it go. Or I would have, you know, gone down the indigo shame spiral or something, but I was just like, okay, cool. (sighs) I know you feel that, but I feel like I was really proud of myself for not doing that and, and whatnot. So here's the thing you with friendships, we have to receive the same type of energy we do for people too. Cause I, I do that too. If I heard somebody say that I do the same darn thing and I'd be happy to do it. So I have to assume she's happy to do it too. You know, when you're an empath, you can constantly be the person someone else needs you to be. This is another thing in your friend group. So, so pay attention. Is there room for you to have that evolving mindset in your friend group? Do you always have to be the single one? Do you always have to be the hot mess one, the funny one, the supportive one, the the mommy, the designated driver? Like, are, do you always have to be somebody in your friend group and, and there's no room for you to change? Notice that, um, notice that because changing your role, especially going through this recovering empath journey will create a rift between you and possibly another person if they're not the right person for you. Which if you, if you don't know, um, your empathic need to support them and please them and be whoever they want to be can keep you stuck in life. I mean, I've seen people and I've talked about this, uh, just find something wrong with every guy they meet because they have to be the single one 
And it's like, hello, you're doing this subconsciously. Stop it because your best friend needs you to be her single friend. Or you're always the one who is playing mommy to your friends. Or you're always the one who is a mess. You know, you're the one getting the most drunk or you're the one getting the most ridiculous. Or you always have to share some sort of hot mess story of what happened to you last weekend so they all can laugh. Notice when you're feeling like there's no room for you to change in your friend group. Because if, if, if it's so... They might not be the friend group for you, which is sad because like I said, things will change when you change, but they're going to change for the better when you put your own self first in this way. Cause I'm telling you, your empath, you being an empath, this empath energy, it's a gift. It is a gift, but you weren't supposed to squander it by being a pleaser to other people. And I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you. All right. So this isn't just me preaching. It's like, I've had to learn this. This is like tough lessons. Your worth isn't who you can be for other people. Your worth is taking this gift to feel other people's feelings, thoughts, and emotions as your own and assist the right people who want to do something with it along their way. And finding the right relationships is going to be interesting and it's going to be different, but it's going to make you feel better in the long run and and help you also honor the gift that was given you because it's part of your life. Your empath qualities are part of your life purpose. So we're going to talk about some other things coming up with Scott that we collectively want to move forward from in Aura Color. I get so frustrated with not always having the right wardrobe to match my evolving lifestyle, especially when I have something coming up and it's just overwhelming to think about, what's the outfit I need for that? Well, whether you're going on vacation or you're looking for maternity wear, you're simply bored of your old clothes, the stylists at Stitch Fix make sure you'll always have something to wear. Stitch Fix is the best way to shop new styles and brands. You can think of them as your style partner. Your stylist learns all about your tastes and they collaborate with you on looks you'll love without breaking the bank. Honestly, the more I've used Stitch Fix, the better they get at choosing clothes for me. And I say this to everybody. I don't know how they do it. They have like magical jeans. Uh, everybody I've talked to, the pants fit. It's it's crazy. I, I love their fit. And I don't doubt that they're going to send me things that fit me perfectly. And you just simply order a refresh as needed or set it and forget it with regular fixes. You're in control. You can cancel it at any time or pause it. So thanks, Stitch Fix. They just get me, and they'll get you too. Try today at stitchfix.com slash KYA, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash KYA, stitchfix.com slash KYA. And tag me. I want to see what you're wearing. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Okay, so I wanted to talk about how each individual aura color needs to basically accept something about themselves. <laughs> okay. Accept what they're going to pick up that other people get from them and, and, and own it and move forward from it. Okay. Uh, because we all have, every aura color has its own quirk. They all have their own quirks that society will tell you is negative, a negative quirk. It's not a negative thing, but it is something that maybe once, instead of trying to fight it off, let's receive it okay, and, and let's embrace it and let's find out how to work with it okay, and move forward. That's my whole thing. Cause right. like, you're, so you're an empath now what? Right. So now what? And let's start with purples. Purples now what? What do you think about purples? All right. Well, first, <laughs> you know, okay. Let, okay. So th- this is, could be a trap for me. So, you, live you know, with three I am, yeah, live with three girls. First of all, I am a super <laughs> duper 
duper empath because I took the quiz. I know your aura.com. We have other quizzes there that you can take as well. Right. What aura color you are. So since I'm super duper empathic, I don't want anyone to get upset with any of these. I'm already feeling their feelings through I know. the through the you know the microphone here. Yes. Uh, so, all right. So these are mine. These are mine. I don't want to, and maybe others, but okay. All right. So, all right. You want me to do purple first? Do purples. Okay. All right. So I think for purples, it would be like taking up a lot of space or attention. Yeah. You know, maybe they're dancing on the tables. Right. Things like that would be for purple. Purples get That's a lot of they attention. Just, yeah, they get a lot of attention. Sometimes they don't even know. They don't even know that about themselves. They're like, why is everybody paying attention to me? Why does everybody care? Yeah. It's a purple thing. Yeah, that's a purple thing. Um, so they, I think they would need to know that. That doesn't Honestly, that doesn't bother me at all, though. Me neither. Yeah. I mean, but it could bother some people, right? Yeah. I, I think for me, the, the biggest thing that bothers me about purples would probably, that not all of them. Again, this is going to turn into your pet peeves. Is this, <laughs> I think it is. It's kind of like a, yeah. I think you're about to. T- would be the per- the late purple. Okay. Like, like the, the the fifteen minute late. Purple. You're late all the time. Not, no, no, I, you are. Sky. I am Sky. one to two minutes. The three late. of us are always in the car. Like, okay, we're all here. It's like a joke between us and me and the girl. No, that's not being late. That's because I have like all these things I have to do. <laughs> you know, nice using your red logic. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like Larry David. You know how like you're, you're Larry David, or if you're like no, like way back TV, the honeymooners and, uh, Ed Norton, yeah. you know, he's got to do a hundred things before he can do it. Yeah, that, that's that's what happens. There. I know, but it would be fine if you didn't say like, come on, let's go, let's go. Like you, you make us move it. Well, no, you <laughs> see, but anyways, back to purple. Yeah. I, all, right, okay, all right. Sorry. So back to purple. Yeah. All right. So I would say taking up the attention and space of a room. I agree with you. Right. I like that one. Yeah. Because I think with purples, they just have an it factor mm-hmm. and, and they can't help it all the time. Okay. And people will project that sometimes as you have attention seeking behavior right. or you're, you're more, you're acting more special than I am or something. I, I can now, I actually feel the purples. No, they know me. it. They know, but there's, okay. well, some of them are quiet purples. Yeah. So the quiet purples are like, I don't do that. I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> I feel that. I feel it. Yeah. They're like, I don't dance on tables and I'm purple and not every purple dances on tables, but right. You know. All right, what's All right. Your, what, next, what color do you want me to do next? We'll do blues. All right, blues. All right, for blues... <laughs> you work with a lot of blues. I do work with a lot of blues. Blues, indigos, right? All yeah. Right. I, I would say for the blue, they, you should just take like take something and get face value. Okay. Like if someone says something to you, except that's what they're saying to yeah. you. Like, I don't know, like, like for a blue, like why don't you take some time to yourself and rest? Like a blue probably couldn't handle that, right? Right. You know, They'd be like, what, are you trying to get rid of me? Yeah, you're trying to... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. Exactly. I feel like you do say that to me, though, to I, get rid of me. I do. But and I <laughs> do, do, I, no, I do, I do say that. Why don't you, like, go, you know, take a rest, take a nap, right. take a few, you know, take a shower or whatever, like bath, enjoy yourself for a while. <laughs> I think I'm out right. But, um, yeah, but then you, like, then you will do that. Exactly. Well, you, yeah. you think about being serious. Well, I think blue like, you don't believe me. they have a hard time taking things at face value. If, if you're like, hey, want to come to my house to to have a party maybe yeah. they're like oh they feel like they had to invite me because they feel bad yeah. for me or something it's like just say thank you and go like that yeah yeah, yeah and that's what i was saying like just go enjoy the time i wouldn't say it if i didn't mean it or like, if they were like yeah. i like your sweater sometimes yeah. a blue can be like oh my god are they saying it because they hate my sweater like that so you're okay. saying blues yeah. Just take something at face value. Yes, but I think yes. like understanding that as a blue, yeah. you do tend to pick up the many, many, many meanings of somebody. 
that they can be very difficult. But, they, but they're reading into it, I think. They, get, right? they read they're into reading, it. Yeah. But they get, you can't, my other thing is, you can't help reading into it. That's what you do. So, a, right. so you just have to force yourself to say, thank you, and just do it without reading into so it. How, okay, so then let's say you're, I'm a, okay, me being a red, and I tell you, okay, why don't you go enjoy, take an hour for yourself? And I really do mean it. So yeah. how do you say that as a red so that the blue thinks you actually mean it? Plus, believes that you mean it. Well, I mean, you're my husband and you love me, so I'm like, whatever, who cares? Okay. But, like, but let's say you're like a newer couple or something. Would, is that just a problem they're going to have? I mean, or, but I'm going to be honest right yeah, now. Yeah. They're probably right when We're, they don't take it at face value. Like, that's, that's oh. probably an element of truth and whatever else, like, whatever the other meaning you're picking up from that is. I, it can get a little confused if you have, like, insecurity issues or imposter syndrome or stuff like that. Sure. Okay. Like, you think everything's, like, a pity thing that could be more insecure. But sometimes you can pick up something and you're not wrong. But it's hard to live like that. Like, you don't... My thing would be, like, you don't... Even though you're getting a gazillion different meanings, it doesn't mean you're wrong. It just doesn't mean you you have to live... You have to read into it. Just don't bother. Okay. All right. I'll give you an example. I... <laughs> just as an indigo... Also, or indi- we'll do indigo now? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I was on the... Ellip- I told you the story. I was on the elliptical at the gym. Yeah. And a lady... Po- a new lady, like, popped on next to me. And she was, like, kind of staring at me. And I was, I'd been on for like 25 minutes at the time and she was like staring and she kept looking and she's like, and she was like pointing at me, like to showing her friend and then pointing at me. And then in my head, I'm like, I think she's got a problem that I'm on here. Like she's wants me off so her friend can get on, but nobody ever said this to me. I just like knew it, but I'm like, no, no, I know I'm probably right, but I'm not getting off. I'm not done yet. You know, but I was feeling really more and more and more and more uncomfortable. And I stayed on for another like 10 minutes and I got off and I'm like, you know, and then there's parts of my head, like maybe Megan, maybe you're just making it up. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe you're just being insecure. Maybe you're just not being friendly or something. Megan, maybe she just wants to be your friend. But then she comes over to me. She's like, you were on that elliptical a real long time. (laughs) And I don't know who this person is. I'm like, yeah, I just put on my music and I can stay on. She's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe she just wants to be friends with me. Maybe I'm still being paranoid, right? Then she, the director walks in, like he always does, and takes his walk around. And then she runs up to him. She's like, you need more ellipticals. People spend too much time on them. And I'm like, I freaking, I freaking knew it. I freaking, (laughs) I knew it the second she popped up. So my point is, you're probably not wrong. It's just you don't have to be affected by it. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you can always hang out with the Reds (laughs) over by the free weights. With me and yeah. the crew I hang out you guys with. Just yeah, where we just are just. All right. Yeah, all right. Well, tell us about yellows. What do you think oh, about yellows? So, indigo. All right. So, that yeah, was indigo. That's kind of like indigo, too. All right. So, <laughs> this one I was. Okay. This is for yellow. And, I, you know, I remember this happened to me. You okay. know, I, I was just eating a cookie. Okay. <laughs> eating a cookie. What happens when you eat a chocolate chip cookie? There's crumbs. Yeah. Okay. They don't all get into your mouth. Right. There's sometimes a couple crumbs will hit the table. Or the floor, even. My my point with the yellows is, you don't have to worry about that. Like, don't worry about that kind of stuff. Like, I'm gonna most likely get rid of those crumbs you eventually. You're never gonna get rid of those. I crumbs. might. If yeah. I, I probably didn't realize they were there, but if right. I did know they were there, I might have gotten rid of them. But yeah, I, that would be my take for the yellows. That's like, a that's a true story. Yeah, that is a that is a true story. Yes, <laughs> you, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to fix everything. You don't have to like everything doesn't have to be neat and tidy. Not everything's your responsibility. Or, right, it's not your responsibility. I yeah. will catch the crumbs. I will pick up the crumbs. I promise. I, I see yellow auras all the time, and I think this is like where their empath color comes in and hijacks their yellow. Like they'll see something broken or wrong or messy, 
even if it's in a public space and they'll just go over and be like, oh, I'm going to fix that. And I mean, some of that's like nice, like they're just nice, good citizens. But if, but maybe you don't, if you don't have the time that day, you don't have to. Like not every single thing is your responsibility to like fix. But we're thankful for when you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the story because you were... Well, that's why reds and yellows, you know, like we, we have, we're struggle with each other. We sometimes. struggle with each other, yeah. Yeah, the reds and the yellows. The reds yeah, and the yellows. Sometimes they do. they do. Okay. All right. What do you think about... Oh, reds. Reds. Give All right, so reds. let's go to red. Well, All right. Yeah. I, get, I mean, I guess for a red, you'd have to some, say something along the lines is, you know what? It's okay to have like, your, like you were talking about earlier, feelings or emotions. Yeah. Maybe it's... You should show those sometimes. Yeah. Um, you could admit when you're upset. You don't have to... Come up with, you know, a nasty response or yes. tell everyone you're going to roasties on New yeah. Year's Eve. I think we told that story, right? You can say that you're you, you you're, could, you're upset. You could say that you're upset. You could let your guard down yeah. a little bit and, and... And give a sensitive reason why. Yeah, right. Instead you of know. just like yelling at the Instead person. Instead of like, it's your fault, I'm upset. Yeah. Because you did this. Yeah. You can yeah. like just kind of own it. I think like yeah. uh, to add to the reds, I think understanding that it really bothers you when people don't agree with your emotions. Like not, That's you know, true. it's it good. Do, it does. Yeah. yeah like not, you're, you might have a feeling and not everyone's going to agree with it. And yeah. that can, that can really bother you. Then it turns into law and order. Like the courtroom, you're like the uh, case, article one, evidence yeah. two, you were wrong because, and you should feel this way because, you know. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's my biggest problem being a red. I think, yeah. like, I don't, like, I don't understand why you're not seeing this. <laughs> yeah, that is a big thing for <laughs> like, red. Why aren't you getting this? Well, I think Am I it, the only person getting this? Yeah, I think red auras have a really hard time understanding that everybody like can't see what you see in the way that you see it, and 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 just going into greens, I think it's similar to that. Yeah, kind of greens will also put on that. You know, not everyone thinks exactly the way you do. Mm-hmm. I feel that, but they do it a little bit differently, like. They, that, for them, it might be like a process. Yes. More like a processing. Like, I don't, I don't know, like, why doesn't everyone buy this car and press this button at right. this time and blah, 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 all right. that stuff. Or with the computer, like something with a computer or something or a phone or whatever. And then I think for me, it's, I don't like have problems with that. Like, like I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you it, don't care about that. I don't that. care about that. I don't care at all about that stuff. But then like when it comes to like some like issue, like nonsense issue, I don't understand why people can't. Like think like, like just yesterday. Like yeah, this is this is total nonsense. But they are remaking Roadhouse. Oh my god! And I am going to explode. Well, like, <laughs> okay, there is. Okay, the, side note: you don't this, have everyone trigger warnings, but go watch Roadhouse. Right. Overtime, call it. Right, even, oh my god! No, we, turquoises, we turquoises. We, make, we have it. No, no turquoises. Okay. We can do it. Right. But I just want to say this about Roadhouse. Okay, <laughs> here's my red rant of the day: They're Jumanji, Jumanji, Jumanji. Okay. Um. Yeah, the most perfect movie ever created was Patrick Swayze's Roadhouse. It's perfection. It's perfection. Now, I know it's not a good movie in terms of like cinema, what is it, cinematic, whatever. It's good because it's, it's not good. It's great because it's so not great. <laughs> and Patrick Swayze, you know, he's passed. He's amazing. And I feel, and I don't know about this Roadhouse. I just saw that there was a trailer. Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. Yeah, okay. No, this is like... This is going, like, I feel, you know, talk about feeling people's feelings. I feel right now for Patrick Swayze. I, you know, I know he's passed. He'd probably be but so if supportive. But if I could talk to Patrick Swayze right now, I would tell him, look, I don't know why they do these things. Yeah. I don't know why they can't come up with a new movie, yeah. a new idea. There's nothing wrong with the, the old Roadhouse. The first Roadhouse. It's perfection. It is. Everybody you, should go watch it. Yes. If you want to spend the night <laughs> laughing, 
<laughs> and again, you have to realize that it's a joke movie when it's not a joke movie. Right. Yeah. It's you, so bad, it's good. It's our favorite. It's would, I would say it's my favorite movie of all time. It's my favorite time. movie of all time. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars <laughs> series, maybe put it all together. Is more, do is not better. watch it with children around. But no, not. there's <laughs> some suspect scenes in there. But we we laugh I all the cry. time about Roadhouse. I cry. We love Roadhouse. I cry. There's no more. There's no movie that me and you enjoy more. We should watch it tonight. Actually, watch, I think you know we need what? to watch it. If we can get the kids to bed we're a little earlier tonight. tonight, we are watching Roadhouse. Not the new one. I don't know if it came out yet. No. I don't know if I could watch the new one because I would probably go into like, I don't I know. And people will agree stroke. with you. I, I would have a stroke. There will be people that probably won't agree with you and that will right. bother you. Right. And they'll be like, But oh, it doesn't bother is, me yeah. if people then, don't agree with that. And then there's going to be, I know, and here's the thing. I'm going to have to stay off social media because <laughs> if there's one person... That writes something like, oh my god, I can't wait for this. Gonna, I'm going to freak out. You're going to turn into an internet troll. Yeah, I'm going to turn into an internet troll person. <laughs> All right. All right, let's go to the turquoises. It makes sense that we almost forgot the turquoises. Yes. Because. <laughs> and that's probably what that is. Because that's their thing. People will talk over them. They'll, they'll, they won't listen to what they have to say. Yeah. Things like that, right? It's, a, it's annoying as a turquoise. And when you're a turquoise, you will be forgotten. Yes. People interrupt them all the time, right? Mm-hmm. They just, okay, that's just that person saying this again. Yeah, they just talk like right over them. I see it happen with uh, Abby, who's my own little turquoise, all the time. All the time. Like, people forget she's there. Yeah. They talk over her. She'll be talking, and people just start talking over her. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Like, it's constant. Yeah. And um, I, I visited her at school. I see it. But I see this with my turquoise clients, too. It's it's like they literally, people don't see them. Like, they're they're invisible. Like you just walk right through them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, my advice for turquoise is like, accept that that's probably going to happen to you all the time and it's probably not going to not happen to you, but you know, stick up for yourself. What? Be like, Hey, I was talking, you know, what like is, get used is, to it. What is that though? It's like, why isn't it why, crazy? Don't yeah, well, you notice that? Yeah, I do. Actually I do, yeah. but I'm not, I'm now I want to put my logical red to it yeah. to why it happens to that color or that person. I'll tell you. If you don't want to use the word color. I'll tell you why. What they yeah. do is they absorb into the, the, the situation as a way of becoming part of it. So when someone's having a conversation, like I just, having a turquoise kid taught me so much. When Abby's hanging out with me and like adults or whatever, you don't even know she's there, but she's listening to everything and she's absorbing all of it. And she becomes kind of like part of the conversation even. And and people say things in front of her. They're like, it's like, you know, I have an eight-year-old here. Like, they'll just talk because talk, they don't see her or notice her. But I think she likes that yeah. because she gets in. And then she really picks up people's energies really easy, really easy. Yeah. And um, so I feel like because they absorb so much into everybody, it's almost like their energy itself dissipates. And, and if they, if they like, evaporates to do it. Mm. That's interesting. So it's more like you don't really feel their vibe yeah. there so much. They, their vibe becomes very null. Yeah. They're there, but kind of off radar. Mm. Yeah. But I she's mean, listening. That, yeah. <laughs> They're listening. No, they are, yeah. <laughs> now, it was so funny. Yesterday, Abby was so proud because Abby, I told the Stanley story. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she got. So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Abby, you know, they all have these Stanleys. Everyone knows these Stanleys by now, right? The, in two the years, Stanley in cups. a year, I'm going to be laughing at all of you with these monster, mo- monster jugs they that are you're carrying. Car- <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's overtime. It's overtime. He didn't mean it that way. <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah, these, <laughs> these big cups. Wow, these big cups. <laughs> it's overtime. I called overtime. He didn't even mean that. People are going to think that you meant that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> stop, stop. Okay. Okay. So, all right. These large. Everyone knows what a Stanley is. These really okay. big 
tumblers. Tumblers. That serves no purpose unless you're like doing a construction job or something. But okay. anyway, all right. So she has like the forty-five ounce They'll one. Not, they could kill. You could murder yeah, someone. You, with yeah, this. that's gonna be interesting. The first person to the kill someone. The first true crime story with a Stanley, Stanley Cup. But, but anyway, so she had the the forty-five ounce or forty ounce. I don't know. But then, so yesterday she bought. She wanted the. 30 ouncer? Yeah. And she wanted it in charcoal or whatever. It's Christmas money. Yeah, yeah, and she got the 30 ouncer. Yeah. And so then, all of a sudden, now this usually doesn't happen, later in the day, Brie comes around. Yeah. And says, oh, I want the 30 ounce. <laughs> <laughs> like, now, this is little sister has the idea, big sister right. copied it. Right. Very unusual. Very in our unusual. House, so, in most people's houses. Yeah, so we, you know, the whole. Evening, we were saying, "Oh my God, Abby, the influencer!" She was so happy. She was so happy. She, like, she had yeah. a dance. She did an influencer dance. She's like, "Someone copied me yeah, finally, finally." <laughs> and then, so it was so funny. So then we're like, "Yeah, all right, Abby, good, yeah, yeah, yeah original way to go. idea, original Abby." Idea. And then this morning, you know, I get back from taking her from school, and then you tell me that her friend, <laughs> yeah, because she's you know has a, her little messages with her friend, and she's eight, so obviously like I'm connected to all her messages, and, right. and her friends like, and she's like, "Look, I got the same, I just got the same." Stanley Tumblr is you. Right. Because, so she copied it right. from her she friend. That's the whole point. Yeah, that's the whole point for the turquoise. That's but, so funny. Yeah. Little story there. But little all right. Tur- turquoises. <laughs> yep. Cute. Okay. Let's finish it up with Pink. the pinks. All right. What's up with pinks? What do they have to embrace about themselves so they can move forward? I, you know, it's the, the I think it's this image, right? Yeah. That maybe people think they're not, don't take them seriously. Mm-hmm. They're not taken serious. Sometimes people think the pinks are... Way too selfish, yeah. Or superficial, uh, superficial, mm-hmm. and like you, I think you've said this many, many times on the podcast. Usually, people go after them the they most, do, right? Yeah. They always go after after the pinks. It brings something out in people. It does, maybe like this, this societal rage. This societal rage again for me doesn't bother me at all. But, yeah, you know, make a make a remake of Roadhouse and it destroys me. But <laughs> all right, so pinks. Yeah, I would say that for the pinks. Yeah, I agree. I think like you have to understand you're not going to be taken. Seriously, up front, people won't think that you're as capable as you are immediately. Yeah. And and it's really hard to constantly... Can you imagine being a kid and you're pink and you're always getting... You're just as an empathic pink. Um, you're constantly picking up that that perception from everyone. Like, oh, she can't do... Because like, people just automatically pick it up from you. So they pick it up like, oh, you're not capable or you're ditzy or you're not serious or you're not intelligent. And you're always picking that up from everyone around you. What does that do to your psyche? You know, what does that do to you over time? So notice pinks that that's them, not you. And just because they feel that doesn't mean you are, you know. And so surprise them. Pink punch, as the pink chat created. Yeah, the pink punch. That term. Their pink punch. All of a sudden it's like, whoa. It's like, that's right. (laughs) I love the pinks. All right. right. Well, I hope this episode was helpful for you. I love, I could talk about this stuff all day. I absolutely love this so much. And empowering you just makes me feel so good. So I want to hear about all your discoveries that you make. This podcast is for you and about you. And we're so glad you spent some time with us today. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.